Right, talk Derby to me. Brett James is with us from, from the venue, manages the venue. Someone I've wanted to go on for a while, we haven't quite um, sorted it out to get him on, but he's here now. He's, he's given me some of the, the best gigs I've been to uh, in the city. How are you, Brett? All right, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. A bit of a silly question, but how's... You've obviously not got the venue up and running at the minute, but how, how's lockdown been for you in, in general? Um, boring. Yeah. Really, really boring, mate. Um, Obviously, we, we had to close the day that um, Boris did his announcement on that Friday. Um, there was a lot of work to do, like, the, I'd say, like, two weeks after that. Within, the, like, the two weeks after that, we had to do a lot of work by rescheduling and moving things and, you know, keeping artists happy, keeping agents happy. Um, but, yeah, it's been, it's been really boring since then. And, um, yeah, we're still here. We've no, we've no like clear vision as to how we're going to open going forward. Has it been difficult speaking to artists and trying to rearrange stuff when, uh, as things are changing, but there's, there's still no clear end in sight, is there? So is it difficult trying to rearrange things? It's it's not too bad. I mean, everyone's in the same in the same boat in the industry. You know, the artists can't play, the venues can't open. So it, the first few weeks were difficult, and it was a bit of a head scratcher for everyone. So it was like. Do we move everything from May, June, July to the end of the year? And already we're looking into 2021 and bits like that because we just don't know if even in like November or December shows will happen. Um, on the flip side, a lot of artists and a lot of agents are getting in touch regarding doing underplay shows, which we're kind of really good at in Derby. We're, we're, we're really good at getting acts that should and do play bigger venues coming to Derby so there's a lot of conversations about that because uh, they just need somewhere to play and they probably need to do a quick a quick sellout show somewhere and we seem to be a good option for them. Yeah we had um, spoke to Lucy Spraggan last week and she mentioned about playing at the venue and, and she mentioned that people such as herself I know you've got the virtual all day that, uh, that we'll talk about later on coming on Sunday but um, people that like she's just sold like six dates out playing like the, the O2 venues but she, Next year, she's she mentioned that it's going to be on her agenda to make sure she goes to places like the venue and uh, the smaller venues to, to keep them going. So it, I think some musicians are making a conscious effort that they're going to have to maybe look after the venues to keep them going. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I think that's always been the case, especially with an artist like Lucy Spraggan. She always seems to do a big tour, you know, 2,000 cap venues, then she'll she'll do another tour where it's us guys at 500 and, you know, a few other 500 cap venues. So... I think we'll see a lot more of that going forward because it's, it's, uh, it looks good for everybody, you know, if these artists help out as grassroots venues. Do you think it'll ever be the same again? Yes. Uh, I, don't, I just don't know when. Yeah, because that's been talked even with, with everything, pubs, football, music venues, that there, there is a, a kind of anxiety that it might not go back to the same, this, how it was before, but if, if you're confident that you can get it back to how it was. I don't think it will be any time soon. Um, yeah. I, I do think there will be these restrictions in place for, for months and months and months. But I, I do think at some point it will uh, it will just become a point where it's like, right, it's back to how it was in February 2020, something yeah. like that. I, I, I don't know, but I, I do think it will go back to normality. I just don't know when. I know it's difficult for you when you're not open and you've you've got the crowdfunder. So we'll hear about the crowdfunder first, obviously. Is it, the save, is it Save Our Venues, the, what the campaign's called? Yes, it's Save Our Venues, like hashtag Save Our Venues. Um, 
so that all came about. I mean, I've, I've always been really reluctant asking for money. I've mm. never done it ever in, I think it's like 12 years I've been booking shows, 10 to 12 years. Um, I've never, you know, I've never stuck my hands out. You know, I've always given some something back for your ticket money, <laughs> whether it's yeah. the show or if it's the, the festival or something, you always get something for the money. Um, but I'm part of something called the Music Venues Trust, who... Um, I think there's like 500 venues involved and there's group chats and stuff. And you, you see how people are doing all year round, you know, if, if something happens in government that changes venues or whatever, you hear about everything. But obviously, since the lockdown, we've all kind of, again, gone into the same boat and we're all in the same position. Um, so it's something that, that it was their initiative and we just, we took our time with it. Um, we, didn't, we didn't launch it straight away. I wanted to see how other venues went on first. Um, and yeah, I just thought, you know what, let's give it a go and let's let's see what we can do. We've done a lot for the city over the years. And, uh, you know, even if it's just a fiver off, you know, people that have been in, it's it's something, it, it helps us. Yeah. How much have you, you got to now? I think last time I saw it was about £2,000. Um, I think it's just under three now. So that's incredible. That's in what, about a week and a half? A couple of weeks now, yeah. Two yeah, weeks. Two weeks. Uh, um, and what we've done is we've we've kind of we've there was a deadline on the target and we've kind of opened that up now because it, there's no end. <laughs> I mean, there's still no end in sight. So we've we've kept it open, so it'll stay open. Uh, we've also made T-shirts available for people that donate more than twenty pounds. So there's a few little initiatives for people to to donate. Yeah, and one of the initiatives will be the the virtual ordeal on on Sunday. Was that a brainwave from yourself? Um, I wanted to do something. Uh, I speak quite a lot to a guy called Paul Kirkley in Derby and he's helped out massively with this so to be fair without him it wouldn't have happened um, he had the idea to speak to a load of local artists I uh, dropped beans on toast a text and said do you want to help me out and lo and behold we've got 12 artists all going out on Sunday um, yeah doing some music and it's just to like help get our link out there for people that might want to donate and sneak a little kiss a well-being drunk can make a girl seem prettier than she is I'm not the only one who's made mistakes when I was pissed And trying to work out right from wrong on ecstasy is tough But it's MTM amazing And I feel like I'm in love How will it work then? Will it be live streamed or is it like pre-recorded videos of, of different artists? Or are you going to try, is, is it getting out there live? So it's it's all pre-recorded. Yeah. Um, I was really really skeptical about going out live. Just yeah. Because so much can I'm, go wrong. I'm not the most technical savvy <laughs> person. You know, it's just me and my MacBook and my cat in my office. That's it. <laughs> um, so everything's pre-recorded and it'll just go out. I'll, I'll schedule everything to go out on the half an hour on Sunday. So I think it, I think the first act starts at half three, then four o'clock, blah blah blah, up until nine o'clock. Uh, and I think it just gives people a chance to kind of duck in and out as and when they want. Or yes. they, can re they can go back to it whenever they want. Um, I've seen a few live shows that I've, I've watched myself. And I'm just like, oh, I'm a bit bored. I want to go and have a drink or, do you know what I mean? Go to the toilet and it's just like, oh, I've missed that. I've missed, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So well, I've done it that way just to... I want to talk a little bit about the music scene in Derby, if that's okay with you, Brett. Because, um, like you say, 12 years, 12 years like booking acts in Derby. How did you first get into to booking because it seems like well, as a music fan it's a bit of a dream job I mean yeah. obviously there's another side of it of hard work and 
probably dealing with people you don't want to deal with that I don't see. But how did you get into that that side of it? Um, so I was DJing in Derby City Centre. Um, I, I always used to listen to like Radio Six when I was in my older jobs before I became got into the music industry. So I was always listening to Six Music. I always had an eye for new music, and I always used to play new music. I used to DJ at the Bless and Bishop's Blaze. So it was quite good because the Bless, I'd be able to play a load of the new stuff than the classics when everyone, when everyone gets in at midnight. Uh, and then at Bishop Blaze, it'll just be all like the old stuff. It'll be the 80s stuff and 90s. But um, yeah, so I used to DJ. Then uh, you play in, why don't you try and book them? And that's what we did. That's what we did for a few years. And it's just snowballed from there, really. Can you remember the first act you booked? The first ever gig that I booked was upstairs at the Bless. And I booked band called Iron Door Club, uh, Regimental, and it sold out. And that was the way, I, that was why I wanted to get into doing more shows. I think I put like 150 people upstairs at three quid. And in the end, I was just sat on at the top of the stairs. It's like the upstairs of the bless is quite weird, the top of the stairs. And then it's all to the left. And I was just sat there with a the tin. And people just like were giving me three quid, three quid. I was like, this is mint. And I was like, and my mate Kappa was in the band, the headline band, and he was like, yeah, it's 100 quid, mate, that's fine. I was like, okay. Oh, and so I was I've got 350. Like, <laughs> I was left with like a load of money. I was like, this is this. And I was like, oh, it's mine. I was like, all oh, right, okay, I'll, um, I'll have a go at this. And obviously, I paid the PA guy, gave some money to Tony at the Bless, and bought some beers and stuff. And it, that's kind of, that, that was my first ever show. Um, and then yeah, we went to the Vic, and it was it became a lot different. So that's obviously there was a lot more costs involved. So that that profit that I had on that one show obviously wasn't there for, for every show. Um, but yeah, that's that's how it happened, mate. Yeah. I went to some brilliant gigs there, and I remember I've I've come up to you at the end of gigs occasionally, asked for a poster, and just said thank you. I've a few occasions where I've been seeing some brilliant <laughs> some brilliant bands there. I mean, like Twisted Wheel, Catfish. Um, yeah, um, for me, Caption the Bottle Men, booking them. Yes, it's like our third time here, so thank you very much for having us. I've got all these daft things to keep losing my voice, so if you don't mind screaming like that after the song, it'd be much appreciated. Yep. Um, there's a couple like the Heartbreaks and the Crooks um, who aren't bands anymore. There was there was loads because we were booking every night, every other night. There was a lot of stuff going on. Um, I remember 
we got Billy Lund from the subways and that for me was like, oh shit, here we go, dude, this is, this is insane. And I remember the opening night when we had Evan Dando uh, from the Lemonheads. I didn't know too much about them. And the week before I listened to all his music, I was like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. He's a proper rock star. And in the end, I just had to look after him all day. And it was really weird. I was sat in the Merry Widows with Evan Dando. <laughs> nobody in the Merry Widows had a clue who he was. And I was looking up to him. He's a big bloke anyway. He's a tall fella. And I was just looking up to him. And we were just drinking, having a chat. And I was just like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is kind of what I want to do. So there's a lot of highs at the Vic. There's a lot of lows as well. But um, no, I brought a lot of good bands to, to the place. Yeah, and then coming, coming on to the venue, just continued in the same vein. It's... Um, does it... Is there a bad side of it? Like, does it ever become normal? Do you know, like, dealing with people, similar, like, if you get bands in that you like, and, like, I, recently I was at the venue and, like, Pete Doherty's there and you've got to, like, yeah. deal with it. Does, does that ever become normal? Um, kind of, yeah. I think, obviously, the, the more you do it, the more... Well, the, sorry, the more you do it, the less kind of starstruck you are. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it's insane when, you know, people like Pete Doherty and Peter Hook... Yeah, Peter Hook, yeah. Because... Because that, that, you know, Peter Hook, New Order are, are my ultimate favourite band, and you know he, he he didn't turn up all day for the sound checks or anything like that. He just turned up twenty minutes before they went on stage, and before I knew it, he was stood behind me, and I was just like, "Oh no, wow. this is Peter Hook in my own little venue." You know, I know it's not a perfect venue. I know it's it doesn't look aesthetically pleasing, but we've done it. <laughs> Do you know, what yeah. I mean? he's here. I, I, I'm not I'm not too fussed. So I, I think to answer the question, like. I'm kind of over it all a bit now. I'm not really starstruck, but, you know, the, the, the legend's in their own right. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's nice to, to see them and be like, yeah, I've done this. I've, you know, I've brought this to the city. Yeah. Has anyone ever let you down? I don't mean let you down, like, not turn up for I mean, like, you've met somebody and you've kind of thought, oh, that was um, disappointed. No, not no. really. No. You've just got to judge it on the day and, you know, if, you know if somebody doesn't want to be bothered. You yeah. Know somebody, you know if somebody's up for a chat, you know, you know, you know if somebody just wants to be on their their laptop and do some work or be on the phone or, you know, you kind of have to judge it on a, on a show-to-show basis, to be honest. But, look, if you, if you get everything right, you know, you've obviously done something right by getting the artist there anyway. Yes, exactly. So that's, that's like the first tick. If you make sure all the riders there and you make sure there's friendly faces and nothing's going wrong on stage, there's no reason for anybody to get the hump. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's been a few occasions where artists have turned up and they've just been like, what is this? I'm just like, well, look, I've booked you. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I can't help the fact that there's carpet <laughs> yeah it, it's a small stage you know i can't help that and it's a small venue um i've booked you at the end of the day so yeah you have to play yeah it's always all good mate yeah the derby music scene um obviously isn't as big as it could be if like i spoke to um adam from the struts yeah. on a podcast recently and, we, and I, I kind of asked him the question of what what would you do? And he, he kind of gave like this hypothetical answer of, oh, I'd build my own massive venue. And but that is, what would you do if you could change anything or, um, or or like implement anything into? What do you think the Derby music scene needs to to just give it a boost? I think we need a 
venue that's bigger than the two that are currently the biggest at the minute. So, for example, like the Hairy Dog and the venue, we're both like 500 capacity. Yeah. We do need that stepping stone up like to one, one and a half to 1,000 just to bring in the art, the level of artist um, that could fill that, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is just um, like Derby Uni seems to be so disconnected from the city centre and students seem to not know that anything goes on. And I just think there needs to, there could be a whole lot more camaraderie and like working together, you know, having done 2Q Festival, which, yep. you know, was our little brainchild and that was to get Derby to work together. Like at the end of the day, the uni just weren't interested. Really? It was like a, a perfect student event. We did sell tickets to students, you know, by putting some good posters in some places, but I, I went to the university twice to say, look, let's work together. You know, we can put University of Derby on the poster in return for a few posters up and around and they just didn't seem interested. So if it, you know, if I had a unlimited money and, you know, planning permission and stuff, <laughs> I would have, a, I would have a venue that's about 2000 cap and, you know, just help from the whole city really. There was a time when the, the, the uni hosted a couple, well, there was one gig I was meant to go. I think The View were meant to play there, but that got cancelled that I was meant to go to. And I think, did the Twang play at the student union yeah. at one set? Yeah. So that, I, I was part of that, that put yeah. the Twang on there. I think we did it twice in the end. Uh, we did it on a Friday night and it was insane. It was such a good show. And then we did it on Next Tour. And I think we had like a Tuesday night and it was just like, nah, nobody wants to go out on Tuesday. So um, it didn't do as well. Um, but yeah, I, I was part of that. And... Um, it was okay. It was fine. It was a, it was just a space to do a show. To be to be honest, it yeah. was that we paid the higher we paid the higher fee, and that was that. Really, yeah. I mean, there wasn't, wasn't too much too much like more to it than that. To yeah. be honest. So, like, obviously, having the union side would be one one plus point. Do you think? having a bit more of like having some competitiveness between venues because obviously there's yourselves in the Hairy Dog, the, the two five hundred cap venues. But you both got, kind of got di- different. Yeah, I mean, you've, we, you've we both, both got your own kind of scene, we, haven't we you? We've got our own ident- identity, to yeah. be honest. Um, the Hairy Dog does their thing, and we do ours. And you know, I, I, I speak to, to Gav, their booker, you know, quite a bit. And you know, we, we discuss a few bits and bobs, you know, in the diary. Um, I, I, I always book stuff. Um, I do actually look at other people's diaries, so like the Flower Pot, for example the hairy dog I, I do look around um, and, and when it was open like the assembly rooms and, and derby live the Guildhall, um I, I do look at their calendars and think right well if they've got this on then maybe i don't want to do that yeah um, so, so i am kind of conscious of what goes on and kind of don't book anything that would tread on anyone's toes um but it's quite difficult when you're offered something to to say no especially in derby especially if it's a big artist, you know, yeah. I can't say no to a big rock act that, you know, the hairy dog crowd would probably like more so than mine. And probably the same way that they would with like an indie act. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so you've got for a big name, they'd take it. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way it is and that, that, that's fine. But we do, I, I personally do think we all do work together and I think having done 2Q, um, that has helped open kind of like the communication up a whole lot more. Yeah, from the booking side of things, because from someone who's alien to it, how? Because obviously, you could, if you were up and running now, you could be booking to like the end of next year, couldn't you? How? Yeah. How much? How does that come about? The planning side of it is that just being like completely organised from the? Because that seems to me like 
Yeah. Something that well, something I wouldn't be able to do essentially. I'm I'm, I'm pretty OCD. Oh, okay. Be with you, and as you've probably seen from the venue, I, I yeah, I, I don't kind of stand and stop. I kind of have to make sure everything's working. Yes. Uh, it's like plate spinning, mate. You just got to keep on top of everything and make sure everyone's doing everything. But um, no, I, we we were booking up until the end of the year already for the for the, for the venue. And, you know, even further on, it's just if you get offered the right act, you know, I've got really good um, reputation with agents. You know, I, I pay everyone on time. I look after everyone all the time. We sell good tickets in Derby. You know, that's, that's another good thing. We do actually sell all right with, with the tickets, with the artists. So um, it's, it's all planning, mate. And it's all just, yeah boring stuff but I'm actually really good at it <laughs> yeah it's everything I'm not very good at that's why it probably seems alien to me have you um have you got a dream while you're in the venue is it like either a, a, a place you see the venue going or a certain act or a kind of festival day is it if you've got like an ultimate dream of where you no, can see the taking a venue no I just I, I like I like putting things on I like putting different things on for people I like putting on you know we, we we do book a lot of this, the same bands, you know, repeat repeat bookings. Um, but I, I do like the joy of putting on a show for, for people because it's not about me. It's it's about everybody else, and I get more more pleasure out of that. I mean, I book the bands for Bearded Theory Festival, so I can, you know, that that's that's good for me as what as well. You know, it's I don't I don't know, mate. I've not really got much of a dream about it. I just I just want to keep booking shows for people yeah. to go to. That, that that is it you know 2q was great and i i absolutely loved that and that, that was my little baby for a couple of years you know it wasn't just me but um yeah i'm, I'm good that that's not a thing anymore but we, we do need a bigger venue in derby to to bring in a bigger level of act well i was going to say could 2q make a comeback at some time or is there, is there a reason that that's it could. detailed um at the time that we decided to like put a stop to it. Um, it was quite a difficult time. So out of all the venues, the, the Silk Mill Museum, that work was closing for renovation. The old bell turned around and said they'd rather do like private event than work with us and do that. Um, the hairy dog was in the paper for all the wrong reasons. They had some like licensing issues. Yeah. And we just thought, do you know what? I'm going to put all this effort and time into it. And then all of a sudden we've not, you know, I mean, a venue might go down it's it's a, just a massive risk and uh, one of the other managers of the festival lives in lincoln and he was like look we're very very similar but we've got a huge huge venue called the engine shed where we can fit one and a half thousand people and we were like right that becomes a lot more viable then because we can then go and book you know circa waves public service broadcasting twang where we probably couldn't have done that yeah yeah, you've done well over the years to keep getting the twang. I know you, like, you've you've booked them a few times, but to get bands yeah. like the twang that, and the Milburn and, and the bands I've been to see, you've done well to get them to Derby. So that's like a mark yeah. of your booking rather than having the venue like the right size venue, isn't it? Yeah, it's about having the right type of event as well. Yeah, and something like that was it was perfect. And I, you know, I, I do read all the comments on the two Q stuff. I did, I think I did like a few throwback posts uh, on Facebook, and like people were like, oh my god, why isn't this here? I was just like, oh my god! I, like, I, I totally get that everyone's annoyed that it's not here, but it it just couldn't have happened, unfortunately. Yeah. So just just finally, if people want to support the the crowdfunding page to um, to keep the venue going and, and the virtual day on Sunday, where 
where can they find all that information? So everything's on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and website. Um, so usually our Facebook's all good for everything and the, the festival will be on our Facebook page. So that's just um, facebook.com forward slash the venue Derby. And then if anyone wants to look at the crowdfunder, that's just crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash the venue Derby. Oh, nice one, Brett. And uh, for people that don't know, we've done a few things and Brett's helped us out when we was first starting this podcast, that helped us out a lot. So thank you to Brett. And hopefully next time we speak to Brett, it'll be either before or after a gig at the venue once it's all no back worries, up mate. and running. Nice no one, worries, Brett. Appreciate your time. Cheers, Brett. Bye-bye.